0: Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, we are here for a special live episode. It is Wednesday morning, November 8th, just after 10 a.m. Eastern. And Danny Brams, we learned a short while ago that Christian Latanzio and Charlotte FC have officially parted ways. I cannot wait to get your reaction to this. I cannot. Wait to hear from the TFOS, our tremendous friends of the show, in the comment section. I appreciate you all for hanging out here to start the show. We'll get to your comments here quickly as well. But first, what I wanted to do on the show is officially share the statement from the club. We would like to thank Christian and Andy for their time at the club, said owner David Tepper. They helped us guide, they helped guide us through the last 18 months, and we are all appreciative of their contributions to Charlotte FC. A thorough and comprehensive search for the club's next head coach will begin immediately, said Charlotte FC Sporting Director Zoran Crenetta. Out of respect to all prospective candidates, we will not have further comment at this time. Quote, we undertook an off-season evaluation of our organization and we're confident this move is in the best interest of the club for 2024 and beyond, said Tremendous friend of the the show, Charlotte (laughs) FC President Joe LeBou. He went on to say, quote, our club will continue to be ambitious and strive to progress both on and off the pitch. Danny Brams, it's not a long statement. It it doesn't feel emotional. It doesn't feel touchy-feely. It feels like a business decision on this Wednesday morning Danny first I want to get your reaction to it and do you have any more information about when this this firing and this sacking when this decision was made
1: he sacked baby they sacked his ass uh (laughs) uh, you know and it's like Tupac Shakur said it's nothing personal it's strictly business you know and it, it is it is what it is and and so we woke up to this news, John, and we we were like, we got to get on the air. You know, we got to see what the TIFOs are thinking. Level Up Luke wants a beer shower, ASAP. Uh, Crown Breakdown says 100% business from the club. Shout out to you, Maxwell. Thanks for being in. Bridget McCall, to be honest, she doesn't know how she feels. We're all trying to figure it out. And then we can talk about this a little later. Ollie in, that's a big no for me, but we can get to that in a second. Like you said, we got to sort of deal with, we got to process this first. So I got to give a huge shout out to the one and only Carol Walton uh Nay Rogers, who uh has been doing some great reporting on the Charlotte Ledger, she busted this out early as soon as the news became official. This it's 10 a.m. right now. This news became official like around 8:45, 9 a.m. So we're within the hour here. But this is a great quote to get within an hour of the news breaking from Carol. She says, "A source tells us that Christian had sort of met his capacity. This decision was about 24 and beyond. And I think that that makes all the sense. It's like, yes, we got to the playoffs, and I." I made the case in our season review that I was happy enough with that. But ultimately we had no chance to win in the playoffs. And like, and you can't like sometimes you gotta to get to the next level. Yeah, a head needs to roll. And I've got some theories about why the head rolled today. But uh yeah, it it, it makes sense. The other thing I want to point out from Carol, give me one more second before I uh throw it back to you, Johnny, is that uh she says uh the decision to part ways with Latonzio was made late Tuesday afternoon after David Tepper met with Joe Labu. And sporting director Zoran Cornetta. Uh Latanzio was made aware of it around Wednesday morning. He he woke up, ready to go, ready for a great day. Hey, it's Tuesday, let's get to work. Uh, not so much. You're gone. So that tells me, though, what I want to get into, and I want to ask you is is this something? Is this an impulsive, rash decision being made by Tepper Sports Entertainment Group, or is this something that had been brewing? Is this a decision they made and just finally like? Flip the switch, pulled the trigger. I'm I'm wondering about where you think the timing, of all this actually played out behind the scenes, based on the reporting we know. Well, you know, I, I think we should go back to the statement to answer this question, and the reason why is because
0: it was it was a bit of a nothing burger from David Tepper. It was thanks for your contributions, and see you see yeah. you never. Uh, Zoran Crneta mm-hmm. kind of alluded to the fact that uh, he was going to start the search for the next manager, but it was Joe Lebo who actually gave us a little bit of information here to answer that question. He said, again, and this is at the bottom of the screen, quote, Joe Labou." He said, we undertook an off-season evaluation of our organization and we're confident this moves in the best interest of the club for 2024 and beyond. What does that mean to me, Danny Brams? It means that after the season was over, the team took its time. They didn't Mm -hmm. even have discussions until that blowout loss at New York Red Bulls in the playoff play-in game. And I think sure. ultimately we talked after that that loss about how, and I said specifically, it felt like Charlotte FC didn't even make the, the playoffs. It, right. it felt like we didn't really get a chance at whatever, you know, what other clubs were doing. First, it's last night, uh, Tuesday night, Atlanta
1: United, at home against Columbus mm-hmm. Crew, a massive win. Mm-hmm. For, they, for- they, they pasted an MLS Cup favorite because they were at home and they, you know, they... They found a way to get done what they need to do in an important game.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think you see that last night and you ask yourself, man, Charlotte, it doesn't feel like we were ever a part of that. So I think that there's been deafening silence uh, coming uh, Mm -hmm. from Atrium Health Performance Park uh, since that loss against New York. Because they were in the lab. Because they were in the lab. They were figuring out which move they wanted to make. Yes, and and ultimately this week the decision was was made that that Christian Latanzio will no longer be manager uh, for for Charlotte FC, and, and I just want to make a quick point here. It I, I don't think that I, I'm ever in a position to celebrate someone losing their job. Right, I, that's that's not what I, I think I'm here to do. But I, but I think ultimately what this decision does is it confirms to me that this club is operating in a way that really shows the commitment to excellence and how ninth-place play-in in in the playoff Mm -hmm. match is nice, but ultimately this club has higher and loftier goals, and with one of the best fan bases in MLS, 2023 was just not good enough, and it has to get better, Danny.
1: Yeah, I mean, my, you know, uh, you know, we work in college football and are professionalized. And I'm thinking just this quote has been sort of in my face all week of Brian Kelly, the LSU football coach, who took his team. They have a Heisman Canada, they're one of the top teams in the nation. He took his team, they're good, they're a really good team. Took them to Alabama for a showdown game, lost by two touchdowns. And he told his team after the game, this speech kind of went semi viral that I was like watching in my circles. I don't know if anyone else has seen it, but he said, you guys played good tonight. You guys played really good tonight. But good is not good enough. And that's what this move is for Charlotte FC. see. Good is not good enough. Just making the playoffs is not good enough. Shout out Hub Likes, one of the original TFOs, who says this is one of his top three happiest moments as a CLTFC F- fan. And I got to say, it's like you, Johnny. We're not celebrating Christian Latanzio losing his job. That's not what the celebration is. The celebration is a new day for our club that we love. And just it's not personal with about this man. It's about the fact that many people – didn't think he was the right one to take this club to the next level, and that sentiment obviously shared inside the building as well. You know, I've got my spec like I can throw, I can throw out hot takes and get conspiracy brain on it a little bit, and be like, well, you know, the Panthers just got embarrassed. They've got one, they're one and seven on the season, or something like that. And you know, a head needed to roll, and David Tepper just woke up grouchy because his his NFL team sucks, needed to fire somebody, and did want to fire. He couldn't fire Frank Reich, but Christian Latanzio's head was a, a head that could roll. They've been thinking about it anyway. Might as well, just, you know, there's there's part of me that thinks it was like a rash, impulsive decision. But I do think that you are correct in your analysis of like the actual story is a measured, concerned evaluation, a, a thought of do we want to do this? It's actually the opposite of a rash move. And the rash move would have been to like fire. Oh, he can't get on the plane back to New Jersey, uh, back from New Jersey. You know that that was not the move. These guys take their time and they 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 make the move and ultimately I was surprised it happened I it they took so long that I thought it wasn't going to happen that's that's my excuse that's my Yeah choice. you yeah. you and
0: I were yeah. were with some some friends last week on Friday and we were talking about whether Christian Latanzio was going to be retained as Charlotte FC manager and you and I both said emphatically yes it feels like right. that too much time has has gone by and some decisions were being made about the roster, uh, including you know moving on from someone like Derek Jones, uh, allowing him to head into free agency. Justin Miram, a player that was identified as somebody that potentially could sign a new contract, and I think Christian Latanzio and Justin Miram have a very very good uh, relationship. So it just mm-hmm. felt to me like the decisions that were being made, Danny, over the last ten days really uh, led to Christian Latanzio remaining as Charlotte FC manager
1: and and that was absolutely not the case yeah and it makes you wonder what will be those roster decisions you know does it change the status of Guzman Carujo at the club you know our our best defender in 21 who was not you know a totally absent in 22 is he is he back in the mix now Does, does Miriam get re-signed that negotiation has been ongoing it's a busy week like the Charlotte FC is like a duck right now you know all calm and smooth up above the surface and underneath the water, Joe the boo and Zoran Krenet are just paddling furiously and and hoping David Tepper doesn't call them into his office next, you know, like at this point, like it's crazy, but I think they're, I think they have what it takes to do it. Um, And we got a lot of questions. I I mean, we got a lot of people now that want to know they already moved on. Like we could sit here and talk about what went wrong for 30 minutes, but I think people kind of (laughs) know Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a great question
0: by Aaron. If you could put that up back up as yeah, well, for sure. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great uh photo as well, beautiful photo there of uh, that is a great a fiance. A really or good or profile my, pick, Aaron
1: Congratulations <laughs> to you both,
0: professionally done. And um, you know, what I'll say and I, what I wanted to bring up, and we're going to get into that conversation, Aaron, about you know, the next coach. I know there's some names already being thrown out there, mm-hmm. uh, as well. But uh, for me, I just I want to talk about the timing of this, right? And it's it's yet again one of those coincidental Charlotte Soccer Show moments.
1: <laughs> just saying,
0: <laughs> where the Charlotte Soccer Show season and review show publishes on Monday, we leave the episode emphatically. Which, by the way, if you haven't if you haven't listened to the season in review show, it's our latest podcast. Um, after this live episode, uh, or if you listen to this in the podcast feed after or we've been live just, live, just let it play because it's a really fun uh, end of season, season and review episode. But how we started that episode is I asked Danny, I said, hey, what's the what's the season grade for for Charlotte FC uh, based on where they finished on the table and what the expectations were and the roster was going into the season? And Danny Brams um, gave it an, an, an emphatic D-minus. And then we went into a Christian Otanzio conversation, and I feel like you went out of your way to give him a C yeah. instead of actually giving him maybe a D. Yeah. Uh, I think a C was a, a good grade. I was for-
1: polishing that turd for a little bit for sure. <laughs> I was trying to make some larger point that I forget really what the point of it was. You know.
0: So so this is, this is my way of saying that I, I think, and I, I know that you've got the ability to screen share on this show. And I think ultimately what I'd love to do is I'd love to pull up the announcement post on X and just kind of look at some of, right of the reaction and kind of ask ourselves, okay, we felt the way we did it on the show. I think typically Charlotte's Opera show and what we do, we have a really good pulse of the fan base. We really care about what, what people think about the club, what the prevailing opinion is and When you when you've talked to supporters around town, I think what you've what you've realized recently is that people felt kind of indifferent. About Christian Latanzio. Oh, sure, he's going to stick around. Oh, uh, you know, and 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 people have said that he should be fired. There, there's no doubt. But the people that were screaming that Christian Latanzio should be fired and sacked from the rooftops three weeks ago, uh, they, they've settled down over over the last ten days or so. They've almost fell into this idea that he was coming back. So here's right. It was here, like
1: a he, sense of resignation.
0: Yes. So, so here's the reaction, Danny, right? If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can, you can see it here, right? Um, you <laughs> this might is wanna... hub likes hub likes. I used to pray for times. Like and, and so the, this is the pulse of the, the fan base. You can see our show statement there. Um, I, I save the, the corner flag photography for moments like this. Um, and then, you know, you can go down and you can see, we all need to remember who the owner is. Um, and with that, I may never see one of our center backs wandering high in the midfield again. There's a standing <laughs> ovation there from a, a tremendous friend of the show, Brian Murphy. And um, people, people are not upset, Danny, and this is the point. Oh, oh look, there's someone smoking a celebratory it's cigar. Pep. It's Pep with the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the crowd goes wild. So I, I think it was really- Renewing my tickets
1: right now, that might be the most important response. Can I put the official show like on that one live on the on Yes, you the can. Yeah. Yes, cute.
0: you can. So, I mean, the
1: the pulse of the fan base is so, so important
0: when it comes to yeah. making a decision like this. And when you see this kind of positive reaction on X, that's when you know, As as shallow and as basic as that might seem, I think the job of any sports organization is to understand the pulse of the fans and make decisions based on what those paying fans want. Because remember, you can listen to the trailer for Charlotte soccer show football is nothing without the fans and without Charlotte FC supporters feeling good about the club and the direction of the club in the future, Mm -hmm. then it's really hard to operate as, as a club. So Danny Brams, you see the reaction there. It feels like a new day for Charlotte FC. And do you think that this
1: is the right reaction from the supporters. Yeah, I you, think so did because you
0: expected to see this.
1: Yeah, because Latanzio, we've talked about it many times. Latanzio never connected with the fans. He was always chiding us, blaming the fans for cheering too hard or not cheering enough, or criticizing him or criticizing the players, or you know, the the mentality comes from the expectations. And oh, you know, we maybe we wouldn't lose leads late if the fans weren't uh, making us nervous, you know, all that stuff that he used to say. Um, uh just pisses me off and and now we don't have to hear it ever again so you know that that, that's pretty good i mean level up luke's in the house he says we have some time uh morgan white god bless morgan white she's worried about losing fuchs i don't think fuchs is going anywhere uh you can see it on the scroll below us carol rogers uh, walton reporting that the uh the rest of the coaching has to be retained level up luke told me a story actually and level up luke is in the in he volunteered to jump on the stream But we said we got it. We appreciate it. Uh, But thank you for being here, Luke, always. He told me a story about how he met Fuchs at the uh, Independence game. At the Independence game in Raleigh, he met Fuchs and family and was talking to him. And he was like, yeah, man, whatever happens with M.A.R. Or, excuse me, whatever happens with Atonzio, just know that we all support you. And Fuchs was like, whatever happens with Atonzio, what do you mean? Like, fans don't like him? Like, Fuchs was completely in the bubble, had no idea, like, that there was any dis... dis uh, um, uh, any like anger and like um, discontent within the fan base. R- we Fuchs, know so. one thing. We know one thing about
0: Christian Fuchs is that no matter, you know, what decision was made today, Christian Fuchs is going to say the right things. And sure. I think that's why, and he's going to do the right things. And that's why um, he, the fan base has gravitated towards uh, Christian Fuchs as, as somebody that they trust and that they want to hear speak about situations like this. I want to go back to, to something that you said, uh, Danny, about Christian Latanzio and his what seemed like his agenda in and that was blaming anyone besides himself for for late game issues. Right. For and This F.C. comment
1: this comment from uh, Elevation Jones, Greg Franco, another great profile pick speaks to exactly what you're saying. He wasn't there to the meet the team event. You know, we're, we're at the stadium. Everyone's feeling good signing autographs. Even Pablo Cisniega is getting like major love from all the fans and the coach is not even there. Joe and Zorn were, like, meet and greet, shaking hands, like, and, and the coach wasn't there. I went to the Atrium Health Performance Park Grand Opening um, media event when they invited all the media to come down. I had a great time doing that. It was fun. And when I was there, I hope I'm not, like, giving inside info, but, like, they had all these pre-filled out name tags for, like, members of the of the club to, like, so, and so and you had to fill out your own if you were media. So I filled out my own. I'm looking at some of the other tags that are there. And Latanzio's name tag is sitting there unclaimed, like, he wasn't at this event. Like Zoran was there, Joe was there, everyone was there, and like, so CL was like not showing up at like team events outside of games. He was just very focused. It all fits. He's like you living in in um, in this world of where he's seeking this platonic ideal of soccer and the way it should be played. And there's no passion. There's no sexiness. There's no like feeling in anything that he's bringing to the game. It's all just cold, calculated system and do the right thing. And that's just not. What this town's all about, and it is what it is. For me, I, I'm I'm really happy that we have a chance to go get someone new, and I hope Latanzio has lives a happy life and has a great family. I, I I wish the man no ill will, but I I think what's sad uh, for Christian
0: Latanzio is that the the same issues that we identified uh, as a problem as he was interim manager were the same issues he ended up ending leaving the job with. Right there, there was no improvement during the 2023 campaign of actually creating a bond and a relationship with the fan base. There -hmm. just absolutely wasn't. I I can't remember a moment where uh, the fan base became endeared to Christian Latanzio. I can't remember Mm -hmm. a moment where Latanzio said something about the fan base that absolutely won them over. Uh, The relationship to me just didn't seem right. And I I felt like Christian Latanzio wasn't making the proper effort uh, and meeting the supporters in the middle, the supporters were going 98% of the way, and Christian Latanzio was only going 2% of the way to, to make this relationship happen. I think what he thought was, as football manager of the club, as this protector mm-hmm. of of soccer in the Queen mm-hmm. City, Uh, He was the one, uh, you know, making sure that the lineup was set. He was the one that was dictating how this club was going to play. He was the one that wanted to dictate exactly what was discussed in and around Mm -hmm. this club. He was the one that made people want to feel how he did. He just, it just seemed to me that Christian Latanzio had no interest whatsoever in giving a fuck about what anybody else thought about Charlotte FC that it yeah. was totally his way or the highway. And I think that played out on the pitch throughout the season. And yeah. I'll just make one final point, and that is his, his, his absolute inability to recognize young players and the impact that they can have in mm-hmm. MLS – that this is not a level of play. Like, he knows himself. He told us over and over again, this is not Bayern Munich. This is not Barcelona. This is not Real Madrid. Exactly. It's a, it's MLS. It's a place where Kerwin Vargas can step on the field and make an impact. It's a place where Patrick Ajamon can step on the field and have an impact. And you know, just to to see him ride that, that veteran wave and to – in right. the last forty-five minutes of the season, I think <laughs> I said this to you, uh, and I, I apologize for this long-winded rant. But I said this to you uh, after the New York Red Bulls game. I think, like I, I said, did Christian Latanzio just sack himself by playing Ajman <laughs> in that second half? Because the right. way that Ajman looked in that second half of the playoff game, there is only one way that you that you think after that that final whistle hits ninety and Patrick Ajman takes the takes the microphone in the press conference. You ask yourself. Where the where he been? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't he been playing? And mm-hmm. I think ultimately Christian Latanzio uh, did this to himself.
1: Like it's like you were happy to see Patrick score that goal to try to get us back in the game against Red Bulls but then you're like wait a minute this was on our bench the entire second half of the season when we were getting those draws like, well, like I, don't, I don't get it. I don't well, get it at all. Whether he was uh, on the be- whether he was on the bench or not, sometimes he wasn't. Sometimes he wasn't even the squad. Right. Right. Exactly. Sometimes he, because you had to save him for those crown legacy matches. But uh, shout, the commenters are I've been just popping up random comments during your rant, which I loved. I was I was literally I had the hold up, let him cook meme, like just going in my head the whole time you were ranted there. I loved it. Uh, and the, and I just popped up comments of people who were kind of agreeing with you. Luke mentions the Laddie Daddy movement. You know, that was probably the peak. The, the Laddie Daddy T-shirts that the Queens pitch uh, that I think Matt Barbie made them and then Queens pitch like popularized them. That was probably the height of 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 laddie mania and it it was really not much not much of a not much of a mountain it was more it was more of a pebble than a mountain but so. well, and for what it's worth for the for the folks
0: that that went down the laddie daddy road for the folks that wanted to support the manager i've got nothing but respect for that because that kind of positivity that kind of support uh despite uh, maybe the results not going the way that you you want it and maybe the club not being run exactly the way that you, you want it to be run. I think supporting the actual people as human beings, and this is really important to me. Uh, and, and again, it's why I made the point off the top of the show that Christian Latanzio is a human being, he has a life, he's got a family and, and in, he's had a very successful career in in soccer. But but he was never meant to be the, the manager of Charlotte FC. Uh, he was meant to be on Miguel Angel Ramirez's staff and when M.A.R. got unexpectedly fired during year one for being a complete and total asshole, uh, they needed somebody to step in and be the nice guy. They needed somebody to step in and treat the players um, in, in a way that they wanted
1: to to a warm, stay in play. comforting embrace of a coach. Yeah, for sure. That's right. He, he was all about his players, for sure. And, and you're right. And the thing is, he did make players better off the pitch. He's really good in a training session. He's just not the guy that you want on, on your touchline. Making the decisions in the middle of a game, um, Len Cornacchia with the wordplay, laddie, daddy is a saddy laddie today. You gotta feel <laughs> like, uh, just, just absolutely brilliant. Uh, we love you, Len. Thank you for being here. Um, uh, imagine this: you can't bring in thirty-five year olds to run a system that requires of above-average fitness and leave all the young guys on the bench. Who would have thought? McLean can McLean Robertson be the new coach? I mean, he, he, you get it obviously right away. Uh, and of course, Joe Garcia. Has been banging this drum for a long damn time. He's got New York Rangers in his profile pick. So, you know, as a New York sports fan, Joe Garcia doesn't put up with any crap. He's he's probably been Latanzio out since five games of 2021 season when Charlotte FC didn't even exist. So, uh, what can you say? Level up, Luke agrees. Great assistant. Should not have been head coach. I agree with that. Thank you for all our commenters. Do you want it? Like, it's tough to really know. It's tough to, like, throw random names out um, for a coaching search. Uh, I think one that's going to pop right up uh, is Ke- Gio Savarese, the former Portland Timbers coach, very established MLS coach who has a uh, has won MLS Cup, who's got a really good track record, as far as I remember. No, that, remember that that's yes. a great
0: call out. And, and for what it's worth, I, I think it's really important. Danny and I now are not Saying who we think should get the job, reporting any sources. I think no. what we're doing at this moment to start this segment of the show is identifying the names that people are throwing out there at the moment.
1: Yep. And that's John what Har- and John Harks is another one. John Harks but- is out there. John Harks out there. I think he's left Greenville, right? John Harks is a free agent, so it's not like we would need, need to to hire him, uh to pull him away, excuse me. Uh, level of Luke throws out, you know, talk dodging the Neville bullet. You know, Phil Neville was just hired by Portland to replace Gio Savarese. Not a guy we would have wanted in our club. He was a, a failure at Miami. He's just kind of the, the famous name. Uh, Luke mentions Harks. Jesse Marsh. I don't think wants to come back to MLS, but he's out there. Caleb Porter. I would pour a lot of cold water on. He's a former Columbus crew coach, uh, part of the, uh, he's part of the greg uh whatever greg what's greg's name uh, Berhalter. burhalter he's part of the burhalter uh, uh uh wolf uh what's fucking wolf? josh wolf that whole coterie that i don't want anything yeah. to do anybody any that's with. involved anybody that's involved <laughs> currently
0: with the united states men's yeah. <laughs> national team yeah, i'm yeah, out yeah.
1: he's just from that that branch of trees and Caleb porter like uh very underwhelmingly managed columbus crew the last couple of years to and they have one of the best collections of talent and they their results were bad so i would not want him this is interesting for matt livingston i don't even i'm gonna this is such a big chunk of text i'm gonna duck under it <laughs> but Marcelo gallardo is a great name that i have not seen this is a, a, a fresh take from matt livingston sort of different than what the rest of us are saying Marcelo gallardo is argentinian former coach of river plate so we know, I don't know, the footballista might not like it to bring a River Plate man in here. Uh, her Bo- her Boca love uh, might uh, fire set the internet on fire yet again. But uh, uh, River Plate guy, Marcelo Gallardo, he's coached some of the best young players. If you watch um, Manchester City much, they have this guy, Julian Alvarez, who used to play for River Plate in Argentina, who's like a superstar, one of my favorite players. Gallardo developed him, uh, would be a good coach to bring in for young guys. Give us a South American pipeline, maybe bring in, you know, Copetti hasn't really worked out as an Argentinian import, but there are really good players in that league. And, like, that's where Tiago Amada came from for Atlanta. That's where Miguel Almarone came okay, from. Okay. Okay. We-
0: but, 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 you have to hire a manager that is connected with the sporting director. And the sporting director, Zoran Cornetta, the way that he operates and runs this club is. Through European pipelines, he does not use South American pipelines. I, I don't think a, a coach from South America is the right kind of coach to pair with someone like Zoran Crenetta, who has super, who is super hyper focused on Europe, and and which which leads me to the next one, only gonna Okay, uh, yeah. So Alicia this is alone
1: throws it out there. McLean is, is throwing it out there. Uh, someone said, I just wanted to address this. There was a comment earlier that someone had a, a little conspiracy theory, which, yeah, it's McLean. I'm still convinced that Ollie Guller Skullshire was supposed to be a secret that his visit and someone leaked it. I can I can comprehensively refute that one, that conspiracy theory, even though I love him. I'm a huge conspiracist. But uh, Joe LeBou mentioned Ollie's visit himself at a, standing at a microphone. like at a press conference for the AHPP opening. So that wasn't something that they were were necessarily trying to keep secret. Ole was making a big deal. He had visited uh, DC United and multiple clubs saying, please hire me. So I don't think Ole is the answer. I'm really anti-Ole, but would you prefer to make the case? I don't know. What do you think? I'm not going to make the case for anything. I think whether he's the right manager
0: or not for MLS, you look at somebody like – A Wayne Rooney and you say well did that work here in MLS but but Wayne Rooney did not have the coaching pedigree he did not have the experience that Ollie had um, you know at at a level like Manchester United so for me I think if, if you ask me to read the tea leaves here I think he is by far the front runner and he is the phone first phone call that is going to to happen for this club. I think Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer based on the reporting in the past, based on his knowledge of the facility, based on uh, the ability for David Tepper to use his wallet and make a splash higher and to build some buzz around this franchise. I think he is by far and away the top candidate for Charlotte FC.
1: Please. No, <laughs> I-, I can't handle Ollie at the wheel, man. I, you remember that tweet we showed earlier that said, "I just renewed my season tickets on this news of this firing. The hiring would make me reconsider my season tickets." Let's just say that I'm sorry. I'm just not interested in Ollie whatsoever. Um, I do think that, I, I, uh, for what it's worth, I'm not
0: convinced that I am either. But I mean, Danny, it's right out in front of you. It's right in front of your face. You got to right, right, yeah. I, how I see what top. you're saying.
1: You're you're telling you're telling me, you know, all the tea leaves. You know, I, I know you love those tea leaves. I know you love those tea leaves. But how about let's let's just. I personally, I would say it doesn't have to be Gio Savarese, but to me, the move is go hire an, an ex- someone with a lot of MLS pedigree. I think you want a, someone who's previously coached at MLS because that's just not something we've had in this building in our buildings before. And if they if there's someone who can work with Zorin, which I think is important, 100 percent. Latanzio and Zorin never really clicked. They worked together, but they weren't uh, you know partners. So um, if you can work with Zoran and bring the MLS experience, that's what I want to go for. Luke is throwing out John Harkes, but there he is. This is the name that that I want to hear you talk about because this is the name you were throwing out nine months ago. Uh, as far as what to do, I mean, Mike Jeffries. I hear Luke Beetle saying that you know th- there's no level up from from Luke when he says Jeffries would be a caretaker well, manager. Well, let me just let me just. Battle correct. is raging in the comments, Johnny. Where do you where where do you stand? Let me just um, correct that Christian Latanzio was a
0: caretaker manager legitimately. And our next manager will not be a caretaker manager. Our next manager will be hired to be the full-time head coach of this club. Okay. Christian Latanzio was a caretaker manager and they had no other option but to bring him around and give him a chance. And now this club will actually hire a manager who signs on the dot line to be the full-time manager of this club. So get that caretaker bullshit out of here. Okay. And so number two. Uh, Jesse Marsh is, it fascinates me because of his style of play. You know, it's exciting. It's exhilarating. You basically become New York Red Bulls if you hire Jesse Marsh. You basically become Leeds United if you hire Jesse Marsh. What that means is it's front foot pressing, exciting soccer, but you're going to give up a shit ton of goals as well. Um, So maybe not the best uh, thing for Charlotte FC because this is a club that already gives up a ton of goals. Uh, But Mike Jeffries, let's, let's, let's go to Mike Jeffries. And we've interviewed Mike on the show twice this season. Uh, he's he's been at the helm uh, here in Charlotte for the independence for 10 seasons. Uh, his 10th se- season, excuse me, will be next year. He's the only uh, manager those independents have ever had 10 years and he took the independence to its first final uh, this past Sunday uh a final that was we haven't talked about that on the show yet and man I'm still hurting from that final by the way yeah Yeah, that was a gut punch on Sunday night yeah uh in that in that that was
1: going to be our next episode till this happened (laughs)
0: yes yeah so you know
1: yeah but cheers cheers to
0: the independents and the the unbelievable season that they've had can Mike Jeffries go from the USL level straight to MLS here in Charlotte I think personally that he could I think that he could handle the job and do do the job well do I think
1: that Charlotte FC would actually hire him? No. Yeah, I mean, he was an assistant for Bob Bradley at the Chicago Fire, right? Like way back in MLS 1.0. We we talked we we talked about his history there. Um, you know, lot, he has men's national team experience and scouting experience. Only manager the Independents have ever had. All of that we get it. Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I think he could. I don't think he will. I, I I mean, let's be honest. The the Charlotte FC has shown no interest in really having a strong. Uh, symbiotic relationship with Charlotte independence. That's just, I mean, they don't, they don't hate each other, but they're not friends. So it is and what for what it is. it's worth. It, he, I mean, this would be a nice, um, obviously bump in salary for, for
0: somebody like Mike Jeffries an opportunity for him to, to at, uh, towards the end of his coaching career. And I'm not, not saying that he's like, you know, at the very end of his coaching career, but he's a veteran. He's been doing this job for a while. He's been, in, he's had a career in soccer. You know, if, if Mike Jeffries, um, decided to leave the independence for Charlotte FC, it would, it would certainly be a decision, uh, To make money. But uh, yesterday, the USL just announced a a multi-year partnership with CBS Mm -hmm. Sports, USL Championship, USL League One being broadcast uh, through the 2027 season. There's stability uh, surrounding that league right now. There's stability surrounding the the Charlotte Independence. The new women's team, the Super League team is is launching In 2024 as well. So there's some positive momentum uh, around the independents right now. And we mentioned the final. So it just feels like uh, if it's a time to jump for, for Mike Jeffries somewhere else, it feels like a monetary decision, not a decision um, that is, uh, oh, this is a much better job. And uh, yeah, Charlotte FC is, is a better job than the independents. There's no doubt about that because it pays it pays more. If Charlotte mm-hmm. if, if the independents paid the same salary to their head coach than Charlotte FC, would it be a better job?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ike, Ike Gordon says uh, Tepper will just hire Frank Reich to manage Charlotte FC in the Panthers' off season. Absolutely amazing. For, uh, for what it's that, worth,
0: it. that typo is uh, that
1: typo is amazing. I like I like the idea of Pepper. calling Tepper Pepper. Hey, hey Pepper. <laughs> David Pepper. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, you know, it's, it makes me think of Julius Peppers. But yeah, no doubt. Um, there, we've reached the portion of this of this of this uh, conversation where the long shot uh, speculative hired names start being thrown out. Vanny Sartini would be awesome. He uh, he's he got a red card the other night in Vancouver's uh playoff loss. I don't think we're going to poach him for Vancouver, but you talk about a guy who would connect with the fans, he would definitely be the one. Nuno Espírito Santo, uh Patri, Patris, Espírito Santo, you know, uh you know, Boondock Saints all that. I don't think Nuno's there. I don't think you want Nuno as a former Tottenham guy uh manager, right? Didn't he manage Tottenham?
0: Uh, he you did know. have a he did have yeah, a short spell. Yeah. He actually in his first month as Tottenham manager, just like Ange Postecoglou did, he won manager of the month. Uh, yeah, it didn't and then, last very long. And,
1: uh, Gesslin throws out Lampard, and then here it is. Here's the one I wanted for you. Let's go get Big Ange. You know who cares about Tottenham Hotspur? You know he's not. Who cares that he's the got the best team in the Premier League and he's like it's going to make a run at at taking Pep down this year? Let's bring him over to MLS and bring Big Ange. Over okay, here. hear me out here. This is
0: this is uh, the best comment of the show not because I support Tottenham not because I do like what Ange Postecoglou has has brought to to Spurs but because if you just if you if you added a couple words to that sentence by Wyatt there a couple words to that comment let's get someone like Postecoglou, right let's get a manager who loves to enjoy their football uh that is so interested in connecting with the fans. That can sit behind a microphone and encourage the supporters. That can sit behind the microphone and answer the tough questions in in a really, really smart and intelligent way. Ange Postecoglou, I think, is somebody that Charlotte FC, someone like Ange Postecoglou, makes up for Christian Latanzia's deficiencies.
1: Yeah, if, you're, if you don't follow or you're just not paying attention, I'm, a, I'm not a Spurs fan. I'm an Arsenal fan, and Spurs are like our Derby Day rival. So I hate Spurs on one level, but I just don't have a lot of capacity for hating my heart anymore in, in my mid 40s. But uh, um, uh, although I can't hate on occasion. Um, so, but the one thing I loved about Ange is Todd and played Chelsea the other day. Got two red cards. I actually wasn't watching this game. I, I I I was working, but I saw the red cards were controversial or whatever. You can tell me what you thought. But what I lo- I did see the post game comments were Ange Koglu Basically, what happened was Tottenham was down nine men versus eleven, and they were attacking. They were on front foot. They were like sending guys forward down two men. And I just thought to myself, that's and and they everyone was like, what is he doing? Ange is crazy. Ange is a madman. You know, he's losing the points. He. He's blowing it here. And then they asked him about it after the game. He's like, eh, I figured we're down two, man. Let's have a crack. Let's go. <laughs> you know, like that's the manager we need. Someone like that. Is, you know, we're not going to get big Ange, but someone with the attitude of, hey, we're down nine versus 11. Let's freaking go at him. Let's take it to him. Let's play front foot soccer. Let's entertain our fans. You know, like even though Tottenham lost that game to Chelsea uh, with the nine versus 11, Um, and the counter pressing, you know, whatever was cited as maybe a reason they did, but still like they entertained their fans and they didn't like turtle up for 90 minutes after the red cards and just try to like, just barely hold on to something that they might've never had in the first place. Let's go get something. Let's go take what's ours. Let's go do like, you know, like let's take this league by storm. Like we haven't yet in our first two years, we've just kind of been in the league. We have just kind of been here. So like, Let's like write our let's grab this league by the scruff of the neck and write our freaking name, our legacy. Like, we're the freaking crown, baby. Like, let's go get a manager who can lead us there instead of just floating, treading water and talking about the system all the time.
0: Uh, I just want to address this comment, Danny. Matt Livingston he says there's a huge gulf in class between USL1 and MLS. I don't disagree with that comment. Um, but I, I think that the, the at, a ver- at a player level, It's not as different as you think. Uh, I I, I think that the top teams in USL1 have some guys on their rosters that could play in MLS. Right? I I think top to bottom. I think 1 through 11, sure. But I think there's three or four guys on each USL1 squad. That could potentially make a roster spot in MLS.
1: And don't uh, don't forget that Charlotte and Pence are, are essentially a USL Championship club in, playing in USL. That's World right. Th- that's exactly. They right. share a city with MLS, and they're just trying to save money. So yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's that's
0: right. But but very well said, Danny. I think you know ultimately you're you're spot on um, with with this assessment, and and I think it's a it's a brand new day for the club, right? And I think that's kind of uh, you know dep- we'll see this this manager search play out and. It's, it's, it's another brand new day for the club. But I think there's one thing that I want to address with you and, and I want to get your take on to, to, to figure out whether that th- – if this is an issue. I love it. And because when you're a new club, you're building a culture, you are trying to uh, let people know, not just in your community here in Charlotte, around the Carolinas and the United States and, and abroad. Remember, these games are on Apple. You, you can become a supporter of Charlotte FC from anywhere in the world uh, if you wanted to. And you can watch every match, and you can enjoy it, and and you should, quite frankly. But um, I know people who do. It's it's two for two, two for two, Danny, two managers, both at the club for less than a year as as a manager.
1: Yeah, I I like uh, the the saying of we will start our third season with our third manager,
0: right. And there's there's clubs, uh, you know, for instance, Watford in the Premier League is a great example of a club that has a reputation for just sacking the shit out of every manager that they have. And I'm not saying that 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 Charlotte FC should should be concerned about culturally or or um, uh, 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 publicly becoming a, a club that is known for that. But when you're zero for two, you probably should hit on
1: number three. Yeah. Because, like I, I, j- I joked about it earlier, and you know, we've we've shared many laughs with Joe and with Zorn. We like the guys on this show. We're fans, and we, you know, we want to see them succeed. But like, eventually, eventually, the knock comes on your office. You know, you're you're not the one calling someone into your office. You're getting called into somebody's office eventually. So, I th- and I think they know that, and I think they're motivated even way more than we are to make it work because their their heads are on the line now. Yeah, one thing um, which my, I would put my head on the line. Len Korniaky says we we should throw our hat in the ring. How about that? Co-managers, MLS MLS club hires two local podcasters to take over as co-managers of the club. What a story! Yeah, you, it,
0: know? It, you know how that will end up. It'll end up like uh, Carol Federer and Enzo competti at the end of the season fighting over who will get the PK. Danny, Danny and yeah, I uh, nice. trying to put in the starting eleven, just like uh, debating. I got who the should ball play. under
1: my arm. I've got the mic under my like. You can't.
0: <laughs> I think you unplugged with whatever you did on that microphone there, or turned it off or something. I, I muted myself on accident. Yeah, but, yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> but,
0: but uh, you're not you're you're not concerned yet about this idea that it's it's two for two. Both managers don't last a, a a year at the club. And by when I when I mean year, I mean like a calendar year as head manager. You, maybe one of them lasted like maybe Latanzio lasted like twelve months as a manager. I'm not sure, but it doesn't feel like a full calendar year uh, for Christian Latanzio as as manager of the club. Um, Are you concerned about uh, David Tepper and this organization kind of getting um, started on the wrong foot and and this kind of being an indictment on the way they're running the club?
1: I mean, I I agree with you and I agree with the TIFOs. Cornetta's really up against the wall to get this one right. Still a new club, but the next manager has to be a hit. Uh, I agree with with all of that. And um, I just think that in the way this sport works is, you know how it is, great clubs – can sometimes the manager can be it, be secondary? Like we can be get to where we're get. We just don't, don't need the manager standing in our way, like Latonzio was. So, who you can t- turn things around rapidly. I look at Cincinnati. You know, it's not a matter of like sure the numbers do start to add up, and you hate it, and you you don't want that body count of like being the club that sacks his manager all the time. Obviously, you'd hate to be in this position again next year for sure. This you know we'd hate to be sitting here twelve months from now having the same episode. Obviously, although it has been fun. But um, ultimately, just hire the right person, and then th- I'm not too worried about that reputation damage of like being a you know three managers in three years. I think that'll sort itself out if you go win the Supporters Shield like Cincinnati did. And you can you, you know in the MLS you can
0: you can turn things around. And Cincinnati yeah. uh, went from zero to hero. Charlotte FC mm-hmm. made the play-in game. Uh, Charlotte FC does have some uh, a bit of a foundation. Uh, has a captain with it with a ton of of big game experience and somebody that wants to be here next season. So I, one other, I think topic that's really important to discuss when it comes to the decision to uh, part ways with Christian Latanzio, by the way, I just wanted to say that I I appreciate the language that is used uh, when, when, when clubs make a decision like this, because you you have to use the the right language. And when Charlotte FC parts ways with Christian Latanzio, to, to me, that can mean a number of different things. Um, it doesn't say fired. It doesn't say sacked. You know, it says part ways. And I I wonder, I wonder, it, how does Christian Latanzio feel about this decision? Do you think that maybe he feels
1: a little bit of relief uh, about this decision today? Probably, probably a little bit. I mean, what what, you know, what are, What's Maslow's hierarchy of needs? You know, safety, uh, food and shelter, love, and uh, and comfort. You know, so like he's pretty, pretty, he's still got all that. He's not, it's not a danger to his life and livelihood. Um, he's still probably fit, fairly financially secure, a, a lifetime, and working in a sport that pays fairly well. He's got his family. Probably disappointed in the way it worked out, but he certainly could have. He can't be surprised. He can't be like, oh my god, how did this happen? You know. So I mean, yeah. That's and my point,
0: relief. and my point is, like, it feels amicable. It feels yeah. like a decision that has been made. Um, yeah, and, and 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 I'm not sure Christian Latanzio stormed out of that office. I'm not sure that he's um, not going to enjoy his vacation this 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 off season and kind of think about what the next step for his, him is and in, in, in his career. He loves the game clearly, and I think there's many many avenues for Christian Latanzio to get back uh, in the business in a coaching role. Maybe not as a manager, but uh, what I wanted to ask about was Kaluswierski. And this is where I was. This is where I was leading to. Danny is. uh, Karol Swiderski is (laughs) somebody that might down
1: the path. You know. (laughs) You
0: know that that when a new manager takes this job, uh, the new manager will be dealing with the fact that Karol Swiderski has been openly discussing his desire to go back to Europe to potentially leave the club in this new uh, transfer. Uh, in this in this next transfer window starting january first. Is there any way that Charlotte FC could hire a manager to
1: convince Carol Swodersky to stay? Extremely unlikely. Maybe if it was that guy Sousa who he who coached him um at Poland, who loves him or whatever. But uh uh no I, I would be shocked if Carol comes back to the United States um in the next 18 months, if not beyond. I think he's in Poland training right now uh, to stay fresh. He's trained with like a small club to stay fresh for international window. International window is next week. He'll play two qualifiers. Uh, it'll be Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, holiday. And then the January transfer window opens. I think he just goes straight from the international window to his home and stays in Europe. And I don't think he's come back to Charlotte or the United States anytime soon. So I think he has gone. Um and it's really all about building about Copetti, which is a, something we've talked about on the show for sure. It's it's like that's really like the next manager needs to someone be someone who can unlock Copetti, who was an absolute failure as a designated player in year one in MLS. It happens. Okay, there's guys who have failed in year one and come back and been good DPS in year two, so it can definitely happen. And that's that's what we need to uh, that's what we need to focus on for sure. You know, here's something that's funny that that that, that you would have thought. We got all these comments, right? We got, like, uh, shout out to the TFOs, best listening audience in the whole damn business. You know, 50 to 100 people have been checking in from time to time throughout this stream. That's pretty awesome since we just popped it up live, like, with, with 20 minutes notice. I'm loving all of it. But the one name I haven't seen in all these names that have been thrown out are the guy that everyone was clamoring for a month ago. Jose Tavares. He's already in-house. How come... And how come nobody in the chat threw out Jose's name as a potential hire to elevate from the legacy? I'm just interested in that. It just it kind of pops in my mind because it it made me I it was conspicuous that he was not mentioned. Well,
0: if I could just answer your question directly, it's because he lost to Columbus crew too you know, in the first <laughs> match of the crown of, of the playoffs when he had clearly the better squad and one of the best players on the first team uh, playing a striker that entire game. They they couldn't they couldn't muster a goal, right? Wasn't it one 0 at the end of that match? Yeah, uh, could muster a goal in the playoff match against Columbus Crew too. And MLS Next Pro finishes the season uh, in first place, and then really just um, a really disappointing playoff match. I think if I think if he goes and makes a run in the playoffs, Tavares and wins MLS Next Pro, mm-hmm. then yes, you're t- you, th- that name is is certainly yeah, um, rising to the to the top of a lot of people's list. But it, it just felt like he had to do something with Crown Legacy in that first season. Win some silverware, win a trophy, and bring that back to the club, and it, it would have been a, um, it, it would have been a hire. But just because, just because he loses that playoff game, doesn't mean it's not a realistic option for the job. Well, and this well, this is a great question from 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 Greg Franco. Uh, Capetti was CL's guy. Can you pop that back up? Oh, sorry, uh, me, does this increase the chances that he? is also gone. Another DP spot opens. Uh, The answer to that is absolutely yes. And and if I can hit on that in just a second, because I do want to just, just talk about Tavares for a second and make the point for, about Patrick Ajima. And Tavares is, is, is the, the manager that wanted Patrick Ajima. He's the one that famously said, I can make Pat fly. And Just like Christian Latanzio was connected with Enzo Capetti, Jose Tavares is connected with Patrick Agimo. So keep that in mind. Just just keep that in mind.
1: You brought it all full circle, brother. I love it. That's what we do.
0: But as far as Enzo Capetti, what have you and I said? These two are attached at the hip, aren't they, Danny Brand? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm concerned about Enzo Capetti's future here in Charlotte now.
1: I mean, if we could... If we kept the receipt and could get the full price paid back, I think we'd probably just would send him back and say and say, you know, like you you clearly your heart never left Rossing Club, Enzo and and Rossing Club, I'm sure would love to have you back. If we could just get our just get that, that money back that we paid for you, we'll gladly send you back. Um and that's again, that would not be personal, that would be strictly business as well. Cause I, I'm not sure he's a fit for for what we're trying to do here, Enzo has some of the worst main character syndrome ever, and but I don't think that's going to happen. We can't get him back, so I could see him being sold, but I don't I don't know who would buy him, in order for us to sell at a profit necessarily. So I think it's like, we he's more like if he was going to leave, he'd probably leave next summer sort of as teams were like gearing up um, to start their, their next European seasons or maybe in the middle of the, the Mexican or Argentinian seasons, he could go back. I don't know. The but, one thing that he's got going for him
0: now from a value point of view, from an asset point of view, is that he's healthy. Is that, he finished this, <laughs> that he finished the season healthy and that you can make a sale in January and confidently say that I'm I'm selling you a player that is fit and ready to start next week. That's true. And if you fast forward that to summer 2024 – Who knows what Enzo Capetti's health and his injury situation playing on that 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 turf? (laughs) Exactly right. So, (laughs) you know, it's almost like this, Danny. It's almost like if we had one of the richest owners in global football. It's almost like if Charlotte FC had a benefactor like that, where this you could just clear the deck. You could just say, "Karol Spaderski, see you later." Enzo Capetti, see you later. Camille Yuzviak, nice knowing you. And you can bring on a new manager, and you can say, "Camille,
1: Camille, Camille carroll has got some luggage over there.
0: Can you can you go pick it up, please, and take it to the plane?" You you can bring you can hire a new manager, and you know if if you had an owner that was one of the richest owners in football, I'm just saying, if if you had that, and and you brought in a new manager, and you could tell that manager, "Hey, here's fifty million dollars. Go sign three DPs." Yeah, I mean, if you had a ma- if you had an owner that that was willing to spend. That had that kind of money then something like that is is certainly possible so i mean this is the pandora's box is officially open with this with right. this move the future of the club the players specifically um I, I think if you're a player for charlotte fc right now you gotta be looking around the room asking yourself where do i fit into this, this right project right yeah as well and i think this
1: is a decision Bro- Bro- that- bronica Bronico woke up and saw this news and like well time to go work out <laughs> You know. <laughs> Again. Well, oh, he's yeah, he's grinding. He's grinding
0: for that. That next here's what's gonna happen. That whoever's hired uh as the next manager for Charlotte FC, they're they're gonna have a preconceived notion about who they like on the squad. Right. And they're they're gonna set up training and oversee training for about a couple weeks when they start the new gig with the guys who are already here. And after two weeks, this new manager is gonna look at one of his assistants and goes and go, son of a bitch, this <laughs> Bronico kid doesn't fucking quit. What am I what what am I supposed to do with this guy? Like, is right. like, do we do we have to play this guy? Like, he doesn't stop. I think that, that conversation will be had um yeah. for sure. But it's just it, the trickle-down effect here, and that's where I wanted to end the on the show, Danny. Because we've been having a great show. so mm-hmm. almost almost an hour live. Um, so if you want to get and sneak anything else on the back end of this, please go ahead and, and, and do this. But I just want to know like, how how far does this trickle down of effect go. Right? Like yeah, we're talking about DP players. But right. we're talking we're talking about um a club that is 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 losing a manager and and losing a philosophy and losing a system and and creating an uncertain future.
1: Uh, you know, I predicted that Latonzio wouldn't be fired and I was wrong. So that that shows what my predictions can be worth sometimes. But I do like to think that I can read tea leaves almost as well as you, my friend. So the tea leaves are waiting to be played out because we need to see who the manager hire is. We've had some people in the chat saying, you know, I hope they didn't fire him without knowing who they were going to hire next. I tend to agree with that. I, th- I think you should know which direction you want to go. And I, I pretty much think that they probably do. That's why they took so long to sort of, they waited, they got everything in place. Then once the plan's in place, drop the X. I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if we... We probably I would be be certain we have a manager before Thanksgiving. Let's just say that I think we will go out and hire a manager in the next three weeks, in next two and a half weeks before the holiday season. I believe that we will. So that's my. But before you you think that Charlotte FC will sign a manager before MLS Cup final. Yes, because I don't think anyone in the playoffs is a candidate right now. Gotcha. Makes sense. So, uh, So I think so. Uh, at the, if not by Thanksgiving, a, a billion percent by Christmas. I, I will, I will set up a dunk tank in Romer Bearden Park, and people can come dunk me in the water if we don't have a manager by Christmas. All right, but but I really think it'll happen within the next two weeks because because whether you're,
0: whether you're right or wrong, let's get the dunk tank set up either way. <laughs> for
1: sure that sounds fun for sure uh instead of, instead of throwing baseballs or softballs you have to kick soccer balls at the dunk take you have to you have to have some good aim you know to, to actually hit that plunger but uh but so I think that'll happen and then the, that is gonna who it is is gonna tell us who it is but uh you know we talked about Copetti potentially leaving it's possible I for one don't think that will happen I think Carol and Camille both leave and I think Copetti stays and I think ajmon gets a lot more playing time and I think we start to build around even potentially a double striker attack. I think there's new new manager comes in, maybe wants to play a 4-4-2, maybe wants to have Copetti and Ajumon working off of each other with a with a true number 10 feed in them. You know, who knows what could happen. Maybe we maybe a little diamond midfield, you know. The di- you know, diamonds are the crown's best friend. I mean, here you're talking about uh Kupeti and Ajimon partnered
0: up top together. Uh, it's 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 a really interesting proposition because you're talking about uh, two players that have uh, unbelievable strength, you know, two players that can just uh, really uh, command double teams in, in in the box, and I think a new manager could look at both of those players and say, "I think that's a really nice foundation, especially with the veteran midfielders that can tuck in behind and potentially play and and offer them uh, really nice service." I think I'd be a little bit concerned about uh, you know Enzo Capetti, uh, Capetti's ability to like actually dribble the ball and connect in that situation. I think Patrick Agamon is actually more advanced as an all-the-ball player compared to Enzo Capetti, which is kind of pathetic, to be honest, if you're someone like Enzo Capetti on that deal, and Patrick Agamon, who makes $78,000, is better than you. But that's just where we are um, as a club right now. And uh, it's it's fascinating, though. It's an exciting to think about.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a new day. It's a new era. Uh, it, it's... It's Not the news we wait expected we wake up to hear, and uh, to be honest, absolutely uh, thrilled that we could. It just shows the, what this fan base is capable of that we could pull this off and have this big, huge, hour long discussion with all the people and like bring people together. It shows how engaged people are, despite like Charlotte is a soccer city and the social currency is so strong. Um. Hopefully, someone inside of AHPP is still one of the you know dozen and a half or so people that are here on the, the end of the stream watching. Because I know someone in there has watched, been watching all along uh, and listening. So all I can say is uh, the the possibilities are endless. It's li- it's unlimited potential. Anything could happen. Like this is almost like it's a do. Du- it, you know, we're we're not happy about the fact that we've put two years of of uh results on on paper and on film of mediocre soccer from this club but all that doesn't matter right now we have a fresh start a chance to completely wipe the slate clean while still having a little bit of a sense of like who we are and what we can do and i just think the the sky's the limit you know just hire the right new manager and we there's no end to what we can achieve next year
0: and uh, there's there's no end to the stream of content that is going to be uh, coming from us at the Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, it, it was going to be a bit of a quiet couple months here on the show. We were going to settle into the off season, follow the the off season calendar, see what the roster moves uh, looked like. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that has. Um, has gone into hyperspeed.
1: We keep uh, telling each other, ah, oh, we, we need to take a little bit of a break. You know, the show's so fun, but we just need to step back for just to pull back for a few weeks to get ready. And then the, the club just won't let it, let it happen. Independence and FC, they won't let us slow down. So, you
0: know, I think, uh, you know, and, and one of the things I really love about this show and maybe, maybe the TFOs have figured it out and they have started listening to the show backwards, but towards the end of the show is where you end up getting really good stuff. Cause you like to reward the people who've been hanging out for a while and for me it was it was so interesting because um you know i've been the charlotte soccer show has been a huge passion project for us Uh, these these first two seasons have been unbelievable just from a coverage point of view we've had so much fun from an access point of view we've been able to talk to um, people at the club at both clubs charlotte independence as well and and we've been able to develop uh, develop a network of, of friends and and colleagues in, the, in this community. And I think I think frankly, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you gave Carol props at the top of the show here because she's somebody that's doing a great job as a reporter on the Charlotte FCB. Uh, but I've kind of identified the uh, you know, the opportunity for for you know for us in, in this situation for Charlotte Soccer Show to to be able to to enhance our coverage. And thinking about 2024, and that's what I've been doing, uh, Danny. Thinking about what what other content can we create? How can we serve our audience? And and how can we really make Charlotte Soccer Show and our coverage of Charlotte FC and soccer in this community, Charlotte Independence, all the college teams in town? How do we bring that more regularly to? the audience. And I've been working really hard on that and uh, this morning I was really hard working hard on that when I opened up a new tab and I saw Christian Latanzio was was, was 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 sacked as as Charlotte FC manager and I thought to myself, wow, I guess well this plan is going to play starting tomorrow. Yeah. Um so you can count on Charlotte F- uh, Charlotte Soccer Show that is um to be the place where where we're going to be on top of this manager search, we're going to be t- on top of the MLS off-season calendar here, we to be figure out what this roster looks like. And all of a sudden 2024 has just turned into um, the most anticipated uh, season in Charlotte FC history because, you know, the first year launching a club out of COVID, a roster barely being ready before the start of the season, didn't go well. Second season, had an interim manager at the helm, lost a player, died in training camp, Anton Walks. Uh, somebody that uh, will go down as a legend of this club, and 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 somebody that was unbelievably missed, and it made the made the second year just like, you know, no matter how much success this club had in year two, there was just always that pit in your stomach that was, man, you know, there was Anton walks would be great if if he was here, and and he's not. That that stark reality is sobering for sure. And now all of a sudden, the club decides to hit the reset button and says and recognizes that the first two years probably have, have has not gone. Have not gone the way we expected them to, and now, now year three, we're gonna we're gonna make a new hire, and we're we're potentially gonna sign some new DPS, and we're gonna do this thing all over again, knowing the mistakes that we've made and understanding how to get better, and that to me screams uh, a recipe for success. You said it. I couldn't put it any better myself, man. Beautiful. Uh, he, he's Danny Brams. Danny, you've been you've been. You've been great on this show, man. I, I and I have to say that you're you're going to be the guy that that is all over this manager search. You are, I and mean, you're the one that that has has the knowledge I'm like, of of I'm like managers. Uh, Bruce Almighty, yeah. Just <laughs> so we're going to be talking a lot here, um, on as we do every single day. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we uh, cover this manager search. That Danny Brams has his ear to the ground. Uh, he knows where the whispers are coming from, and and maybe we'll even bring you some interviews. We'll we'll bring you some interviews from across the MLS landscape, maybe some national media voices um, who want to you know, come on the show and let us know who they think could be a mm-hmm. really nice fit for, for manager at Charlotte FC. Maybe we'll get the opportunity to speak to Zoran Cornetta this offseason about his job with Charlotte FC and his role in hiring this next manager before or after the hire is, is made. And I will promise you this. There is one goal to the t that I have this entire offseason. There's only one thing that matters and this is the start of something new is that whenever this new manager is hired, the rite of passage is to be on the Charlotte soccer show. We're going to make sure that we talk to this manager after the manager is hired. We're going to make sure that that happens in some way, shape, or form before the start of the 2024 season. So keep it here. Danny Bramps, have a great Wednesday. It's it's great to see you uh, unexpectedly on a uh, on, a, on a Wednesday morning, uh,
1: November 8th. Just a, just a you know a beautiful fall Wednesday in the QC, Danny. What it's all about, man. Thanks for, for being here, Johnny. Thank you for hosting. Thanks. Uh, I hope this is an episode people can go and watch back a couple of times. Also, um, when we do hire the new manager or maybe a year from now, just think about what we were all thinking. It, 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 this is a very nice historical document. And uh, I mean, unless you got something more to say, I think I'm ready to sign off here. I, I got a special sign off for, for this special episode. Like always, arrivederci, baby. (laughs)